thinking about this text this week, and and uh, and then I saw the Lion King on Friday. Did have you guys seen the new Lion King yet? Well, you know the story, right? And Simba's got to he's got to run away, and he's afraid, and he's, he doesn't want to take up the challenge of being king. And then he finds out that they need him, and he he embraces this challenge with boldness, right? And I started thinking about that approaching the throne of grace with boldness as we read in Hebrews. And I'm like, yeah, that's like Simba, like the Lion King, right? Kind of, something like that. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What does it mean to have boldness? Is it to go forward and not shrink from a challenge? Is it to be without fear? Is it to blaze a trail? Is it to speak truth to power? One definition reads, Willingness to take risks and act innovatively. Confidence or courage. That's a pretty good image to work with. Innovatively, is that a word? I don't know. I was never the risk taker in my life. I've never been the guy riding most motorcycles or pulling daring stunts. Although, when I was a kid in South Florida, we used to sneak onto a nearby golf course. It was part of a local senior living community. So if the security guards saw us, they'd chase us down and escort us off the premises. We weren't trying to cause trouble. We were good kids. And every single neighborhood was a senior living community in South Florida. We had little to choose from. It was summertime. We had nowhere to be. If the clubhouse was open, we might go in and play a game of pool. Maybe we'd pick up a stray golf ball here or there. But what we were really after was a dip in the canal. Sounds nice, right? Along the fairway, there was an old Malaluka tree that leaned out over the water. We called them paper trees. You could peel off the soft bark and write on it. It's also called a tea tree. They were an invasive species in Florida, like teenagers on a golf course. And all the kids would climb up and jump off into that lovely, inviting, cool canal water. Were there alligators in there? Probably. But we didn't worry about that. The drop was about 15 feet, but once I climbed all the way up, it felt like jumping off the high dive. And at age 12 or 13 with three or four other boys down there, I wasn't going to climb back down. Even though I didn't feel confident, and I wondered how I got up there in the first place, I remember just closing my eyes, taking a deep breath, and launching off the top of that tree into the air, falling for what seemed like forever and dropping down like a rock into the murky water below. It was awesome. <laughs> I didn't get a second, second chance, though, as we had to hightail it out of there on our bikes shortly after we'd been spotted. The kingdom of heaven is like jumping out of a 15-foot tree into unknown waters, Unsure of what lies beneath, but knowing that God's grace is with you wherever you go. And love covers a multitude of sins. The author of Hebrews writes to a church in need of a little more confidence, a bit of assurance, a rescue from fear. To encourage them to hold fast to faith that Jesus is greater than their fears. 
has given them everything they need and has opened a way for them as the pioneer of salvation. Jesus here is named the great high priest, the one son of God who has ascended to be with the Father in heaven to do what a priest does for the people who gives mercy and grace in their time of need. When I began to think about ordained ministry, I prayed every night that God would lead me. I still pray that way. And I never could have gone down that road by my own power. And so every night I was asking God, just show me the way to go, to lead me through the word, give me a spirit to be a leader in the church. And at times I didn't feel like I knew enough about the Bible, about the church, history, philosophy, you name it, that anyone would ever see me as a spiritual mentor or that I would have the words to say when called upon to preach. Oh, I was confident of a few things. I knew I could learn quickly. I could improvise. I could come up with some ideas and create. But to be a pastor? Like a priest. Others saw gifts in me. That was not always what I saw for myself, but I found that I don't have to know it all. Others know things too. And I don't have to have all the experience of someone who's been in church their whole lives. I just have to listen. And I will make mistakes too. God knows we all do. Jesus, our great high priest, knows all our thoughts and feelings. This text specifically lifts up how he was like us, fully human too. And Jesus hears us when we pray, and since Jesus has become one of us, is the one who has taken on sin and death itself, has risen in glory, that means we have a Savior, a great high priest who knows every challenge, every bit of suffering, every pain and illness and trouble. Jesus knows what we go through and therefore is able to make it right. And there's nothing we have to do to earn this precious gift. We are saved by grace through faith. You got that? Let's do it again. We are saved by grace through faith. What's a Lutheran? You just say that. We learned that in the Augsburg Confession. Very important read if you haven't read it. It's an important read for everyone who considers themselves a Lutheran Christian. Article 4 says we are justified. Freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when we believe that we are received into favor and that our sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins. Jesus does it for us. You might think you're not a risk taker. You may not be the most confident at times. You may even be afraid, but that's totally fine. Jesus knows how you feel. Jesus is the one who can sympathize with each one of us, who has experienced the reality of life as fully human and welcomes us into eternal life with him. Jesus sympathizes with us. Jesus hears us when we pray, knowing that he's done all this for us. We get to respond then with, yes, boldness. This was passed on to me from a mentor, a pastor, for whom I have a great deal of respect, and I just happened to stumble on it last night, just like the Lion King. As I keep several copies around, this one was inside the cover of the Bible that I use most often in my office. 
called Listen, Lord, a prayer from God's Trombones by James Weldon Johnson. Do you know it? you know it? Oh, Lord, we come this morning, knee-bowed and body-bent before thy throne of grace. O Lord, this morning, bow our hearts beneath our knees and our knees in some lonesome valley. We come this morning like empty pitchers to a full fountain with no merits of our own. O Lord, open up a window of heaven and lean out far over the battlements of glory and listen this morning. This gifted poet claims the reality that we have nothing to offer this great high priest, Jesus. We are empty. We need God's grace and the mercy of Christ to make us whole. Have you ever felt your heart beneath your knees? Or your knees in some lonesome valley? Johnson continues. Lord, have mercy on proud and dying sinners. Sinners hanging over the mouth of hell. Who seem to love their distance well. Lord, ride by this morning, mount your milk-white horse, and ride this morning. And in your ride, ride by old hell, ride by the dingy gates of hell, and stop poor sinners in their headlong plunge. There on the cross, with two others next to him, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. And one of those broken men believed in him. And ask Jesus to remember him into the kingdom. There in the hour of his death, Jesus welcomes this man into eternity. Performs every rite and ritual right there with just a word and does what this man could not do for himself. This crucified Savior takes on the role of priest and provides something like last rites. An anointing welcoming him into heaven. That any of us humans would take on this role of priest is a risk. But that is what we are. Oh, you, you thought it was just me? Oh, no, I'm talking about you, people. You are a part of the priesthood of all believers. That you are in Christ, redeemed and made whole, made new and forgiven, freed to serve. Think about that. You sinners... You rebels, you outsiders and untouchables, all of you, are welcomed into paradise through the cross of Christ, made into a new creation. You have a lifetime of experience, too. You can sympathize with the human condition and are not without the struggles that come along with it. You've faced down tragedy more than once. You've seen the difficulty that is breathing oxygen, of living on this planet, of having a heart and a body. It's not easy stuff. You are then called to share your faith, to lead others through the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to know the one who's given you grace, mercy, and eternal salvation. His name is Jesus. Say Jesus for me. Say his name, Jesus. Jesus. There you go. See, you're a priest too. And you might not have the funny dress or the letter of call signed by the bishop hanging in your office. I do. That just means that you've asked me to be your priest, your pastor. And it is a high calling. 
And I always covet your prayers, but I love to read this one as the poet continues. And now, O Lord, this man of God who breaks the bread of life this morning, shadow him in the hollow of thy hand. Keep him out of the gunshot of the devil. Take him, Lord, this morning. Wash him with hyssop inside and out. Hang her up to dry and drain her dry of sin. Pin her ear to the wisdom post and make her words sledgehammers of truth, beating on the iron heart of sin. Lord God, this morning, put his eye to the telescope of eternity and let him look upon the paper walls of time. Lord, turpentine his imagination. Put, petrol, put, put perpetual motion in his arms. Fill him full of the dynamite of thy power. Anoint him all over with the oil of thy salvation and set his tongue on fire. Whew. Be careful what you pray for. That is boldness. But why shouldn't we be bold? Shouldn't we be bold to speak the name of Jesus? To call upon him in every need. To name him as our great high priest, the pioneer of our salvation, our brother and friend. Say his name. Say Jesus. Jesus. Another definition for boldness. The quality of having a strong, vivid, or clear appearance. Think of artwork. That bold blue ocean against a pink-orange sunset. Think of music like a Bach prelude. Or the bold hallelujah chorus of Handel's Messiah. Or poetry with the words that describe what we so often cannot. One last time from James Weldon Johnson. And now, O Lord, when I've done drunk my last cup of sorrow, when I've been called everything but a child of God, when I'm done traveling up the rough side of the mountain, oh, Mary's baby, When I start down the steep and slippery steps of death, when this old world begins to rock beneath my feet, lower me to my dusty grave in peace to wait for that great getting up morning. Amen. We've been given so great a gift through this great high priest, Jesus, who hears us and names us forgiven, freed, found, faith-filled, who calls us out of our lives of comfort to share the grace of God with all in need, to speak the name above all names with boldness, to be powers to the powers and principalities of this world that trade in fear and hatred and pain and division and death, to confidently state that we are God's own beloved, freed from sin, to love and serve our neighbors along with the priesthood of all believers, now, today, tomorrow, and until we see him face to face on that great getting up morning. So I invite you this week to pray with boldness, to jump in the water and run if you have to, to discern what bold new thing God is doing in your life, and to share it when you're ready. Come Holy Spirit. Amen.